0: Greetings from Lumberjack Country. Welcome back to Lumber Chats Inside NAU. If you haven't already, hit that subscribe button and follow along as we take you Inside NAU. Did you know we have a full-time registered dietitian working here on campus? Megan Meyer works for Campus Health Services and Health Promotion to help the NAU community enjoy healthier eating and create a healthier mindset about food. We brought her in to talk through all the different health trends of 2019, to find out what stuck, what didn't, and what we should watch out for in 2020. And finally, what we should leave behind for good. Welcome, Megan. Thanks, Mackenzie. Before we get started, we are going to put you in the hot seat. Are you ready? Yes. Hotspot or the dube? Oh, oh no. Um, Hotspot at lunch, dube at dinner. Skiing or snowboarding? Neither. Smoothie or fruit juice? Smoothie.
1: When fast food is all there is, what do you get? Chick-fil-A chicken nuggets or usually some kind of chicken sandwich. What movie could you watch over and over? Oh, Titanic or Garden State. How many cups of coffee do you have
0: a day? One and a half. I cut back. It used to be three or four. When you close your eyes and think of a happy place, where is it? Oh, it's my grandparents' house, actually. When you're walking down the street feeling great, what song would be playing in the background?
1: Um, any Lizzo song usually. What's your go-to pick-me-up? Ooh, that's a hard question. Probably some kind of food, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) Makes sense, yeah. Now that we've broken the ice, we'll get to why you're here with us today. Can you share how and why you got into the field of nutrition and wellness? It was kind of a happy mistake. I, I mean, I was a little bit interested in nutrition and health. My younger sister has type 1 diabetes. My dad had cancer. And so I was always just kind of like curious about how food made us healthy. Um, But at the time in high school, I was also very into cooking and I was in the culinary classes and did all the competitions. And I was nudged to go to this school that had both a culinary and a nutrition program. So I I applied and got in. It was the only school I applied to and really went with the intention of actually being a personal chef. I was like, I'm gonna cook for rich people in spas and have this really cushy life. And then got to culinary school and I was like technically I can cook but I'm not that creative with cooking and I didn't like it but I really fell in love with all of my nutrition courses and the nutrition therapy and seeing how food can be used to help us heal help us feel better and so it kind of just was like a nice little slide into more nutrition and dietetics and the therapeutic side of eating versus just cooking for like pleasure which I still love
0: I love both What are some of the biggest misconceptions you've noticed people may have about nutrition?
1: Oh, that's black or white. I think that's a big one. You know, people think it has to be this all or nothing approach and that it has to be perfect where the reality is we're all different. We have different genes, different backgrounds, different cultures, preferences. And so that means there's a lot of wiggle room with eating and it doesn't have to be perfect. You can, yes, eat salads and have smoothies, but you can also have Chick-fil-A or cake or candy canes or whatever is like in your heart for food that day. And when students come to see you, what do you help them with? Oh, that's a good question. Sometimes it is more medical focused. So maybe they have celiac or food allergies or high blood pressure. So something that needs to be more managed with food. So really exploring what kinds of foods they can add to their diet to help really improve their health. Never take away, unless there's a food allergy. I never try, say take away or limit or avoid a food. And then depending on the the case, there's also a lot of exploring more the relationship with food. So how does it make you feel physically, mentally, emotionally, you know, and what are these reasons you have for eating? Is it because it's something you feel like you should be doing or something you also enjoy or helps you feel good, helps you feel alert, awake, happy, all those things. And looking back at 2019, how would you describe it from a health and wellness perspective? Oh, it was a roller coaster. They always are. Um, I think there, were a lot of, there was a lot of movement in looking at our relationship with food and healthy eating and how they can coexist. But then there was also a lot of weird fads and a lot of weird trends that emerged, which I think we're going to get into. So, yeah. Yeah, that's
0: a perfect segue. If you had to pick one fad of 2019 to strike completely from the record, <laughs> what would
1: it be? Celery juice, 100%. <laughs> so, I won't go into too, too much detail, but it's, it's exactly what it sounds, starting your day off with celery juice juice from an entire head of celery. It's gross. I made it one day out of curiosity. The health claims are very much unfounded. There it was a guy who he gets his medical information from ghosts and spirits um, and so <laughs> that right there should be enough to give people like that gut check but it wasn't and so it was a huge trend and it was promoted by celebrities and influencers and I got tons of questions about it and then the cost of salary increased and it was just a sad day for everyone so I'm ready to just say bye get it out Next on our list is intermittent fasting, and that seems to have been really popular in 2019, um, but I've also heard it being debunked. What are your thoughts? Yeah, so that's a good question. So intermittent fasting is basically just fasting for periods of time where you don't eat and then have times where you do eat. Some people, it's like certain hours of the day from like 10 to 6 p.m. Some people, it's like 24 hours followed by 8 hours of eating. So it's really, it looks different from person to person. Um, The research, some people were into it because it was showing some you know, early promising signs of like improved blood pressure, impo- improved, insulin sensitivity, um, weight loss. But really when you dug deep into the research, it was pretty flawed. It was all generally short-term. It was also very, um, it was statistically significant, but not clinically significant. And so for example, it might've shown statistically like this weight loss difference compared to like the Mediterranean diet or counting calories. But at the end of the day, it was like a difference of a quarter of a pound, which is not, Really, a real difference. I think what it comes down to with intermittent fasting is some people are breakfast eaters, some people aren't. It really works better to just go with your body's natural rhythm. And a lot of the research really just shows it was because of calorie restriction, not some magic metabolic changes that happen.
0: And we've noticed also more diffusers in rooms and offices, too. What's the deal with essential oils beyond making rooms smell nice?
1: What are their uses? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of essential oils can be used just therapeutically from that, like aromatherapy. So. Things like lavender are very calming, more citrus smells and like peppermint tend to make us feel awake and excited. So I think there's definitely, there's this nice element to more kind of natural ways to calm yourself down if you're stressed or if you're not a coffee person or really sensitive to caffeine, you can use that, those scents in the morning to wake up. I think the main thing to be careful with, of course, like don't eat them. They're not really regulated, but also being careful with like skin contact versus diffusers because the skin contact can cause burns on some people or like skin color changes in the sun, depending on the oils. So do your research, use a diffuser, don't use it all the time. And in 2019, we saw a lot of celebrities
0: getting involved with sharing wellness tips, diets, and other nutrition-related content. How does the
1: average lumberjack know what to believe on social media? Yeah, so I would, you know, take what you see on social media or from a celebrity with a really big grain of salt, like do a gut check and really think, okay, like what's going on here? You know, celebrities, they they don't have nutrition backgrounds. They don't have anatomy science backgrounds for the most part. They are actors, right? They also, of course, behind the scenes pay a team typically to help them be healthy, right? So if you think about, like, so Kumail Nanjiani, the comedian, just showed off, like, he did, like, a major diet change, exercise change to get ready for a movie role, but he also acknowledged he had dietitians, he had personal chefs, he had trainers, he had really an army to help him get there. Um, and and typically, like, a college student doesn't have those resources. I don't have those resources. Most people don't. Um, the other piece, of course, is, remember, if it seems too good to be true, it probably is. If it's avoiding entire food groups, um, entire foods, If it just doesn't seem to make sense, there's probably not much logic or research behind it and could actually be doing your body a little more damage than good. And what's the worst thing you've seen shared on social media? oh i mean it kind of comes back to the celery juice i actually got banned from the the medical medium guy's like instagram account i got blocked for pointing out his bad signs i really wasn't mean but I, i was enough that i got blocked and banned and can't look at him anymore um but i think any kind of celery juice but then any kind of shaming in general so sometimes it's shaming for people's food choices whether it's like ethical or you know whatever like shaming for body types, body sizes. I think like that part of social media is so ugly and so frustrating that I generally have to like mute my social media for a few days just to like get over my rage that happens.
0: And can you share a few accounts you follow for their quality content? Ooh.
1: Yeah. Can I look at my phone? Of course. Okay. So I really like... Kara Richardson Whiteley. She's an author. She came to campus last year. Um, she's also a hiker. She's climbed Kilimanjaro like three times and she's in a larger body. So, not so much for nutrition information, but just because she's super inspiring and awesome. I really like Holly Falk.nutrition. Falk is spelled F-A-L-K-E. She is a dietitian in Texas. She does a lot of like diabetes education, but she's also just very well-rounded, has great recipes and great ideas. She's a mom, so it's a little bit like mom content, but it's still super great. Um, I also like intuitive.nutritionist. She is a dietitian in Tucson. She has a private practice, I believe, but also works for U of A. And she has a really great, great positive account. Okay, so another big
0: popular trend was the keto diet. And that was popular before 2019, but Mm -hmm. there seems to have be like an increase of conversations related to keto. Mm -hmm. And correct me if we say anything wrong, but basically keto has you cutting carbs but upping those uh, healthy fats to try and reach what is called ketosis, um, where your body starts to burn its own fat for fuel. Is that right?
1: Yes, so it's very very low carbohydrate. Also a pretty low protein a lot of people tend to forget that like your body will use protein as fuel so that actually has has to be kept pretty low and then healthy fats I would say is very generous it's not always the case with people in keto diets yeah
0: yeah and we've heard you can get some pretty bummer symptoms that make you feel less than 100% what can you tell us about the keto diet is that worth bringing into 2020 or leaving
1: behind I would say leave it behind you know it's it's history is really more as a therapeutic diet for epilepsy and so those ketones when used as energy they cross the blood ba- brain barrier and there's something that happens there that reduces seizures and seizure symptoms in children with medication resistant epilepsy so it actually is like a very very therapeutic diet from that sense but you know again just like intermittent fasting the research is pretty crummy it's very short term they have high dropout rates and so that can falsely inflate the the outcomes and make them look better than they are and also you know every good diet principle we know as far as healthy eating patterns includes fruits and vegetables and lots of fiber and, and those are things that you essentially eliminate with a ketogenic diet and that pattern ends up being more similar to the diets that we know are associated with certain types of cancer and heart disease later in life inflammation. So I would say leave it if possible. Um, the other thing to think about is you know that means giving up most of your favorite carbohydrates forever. Like It's not something where you would use it, kickstart habits and weight loss, and then go back to your normal eating, because in that case, you'll just see a yo-yo effect with weight, Um, and typically a weight regain of everything you lost, plus a little bit more as the body tries to readapt to normal eating habits again.
0: And intuitive eating has also gained quite a bit of momentum, and it sounds a bit obvious, but could you explain this a little bit more along with
1: its benefits? Yeah, absolutely, and I'm so happy you asked about it, because I'm such a big fan. So the main thing with intuitive eating is it's not a diet, it's not meant for weight loss, it's really this, uh, I like to call it a framework for eating that focuses on both our relationship with food and our mentality about food, just as much as like the foods we eat ourselves. So it was written in the, into this book in I want to say like the 90s and it's just blown up recently there's ten principles um, and they really focus on things like honoring your hunger and listening to your fullness respecting your body where it's at ditching a diet mentality like learning to say bye to the food police and then at the very like last piece of it it talks more about gentle nutrition so foods to support your health as well as like movement in a more joyful way so moving your body in a way that feels good Good and energizes us versus a form of punishment so it's it's super cool it gets a lot of like confusion in the media and a lot of pushback because people are like oh we're just telling people to eat whatever they want or we're just telling people to like not move anymore if they don't want to which is really a big misperception the other piece is that it has really cool outcomes. Like it, there, every year there are more and more studies that show people. Yes, sometimes they'll lose weight. It can be a side effect of it, but more importantly, they have improved health outcomes like better blood pressure, um, lower cholesterol levels, improved insulin sensitivity, as well as improved body image and like a better relationship with themselves. And so I think that's like the coolest piece of it. There's a new edition of the book coming out in the next couple of months, and so it's definitely easy. Re- Sometimes gets a little preachy about diets, but that's okay. Um, I think it can be a really, really nice way for people who are trying to change their eating habits without feeling like they need to have this all-or-nothing approach.
0: Yeah. And I think the mindset is so important. I sort of accidentally started intuitive mm-hmm. eating this year, mostly because, you know, something happens and then you kind of decide like, oh, that didn't make my body feel super great. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I didn't really like eating that. And then so you start eating things that make your body feel good. And mm-hmm. then you start listening to your body more. And then suddenly you have a better balanced diet. Mm-hmm. And it was really... It's really nice because I never feel like, oh, no, I can't have those Chick-fil-A nuggets. It's (laughs) just I know there's a give and a take, right? So, like, maybe tomorrow I'll just make sure to have, you know, extra spinach in my (laughs) eggs or something like that just to make myself feel like I'm getting everything I need, so...
1: Yeah. And I think it's really, I mean, like when you look at toddlers, they're a really good example of people who naturally intuitively eat if they're not getting like forced by their parents. Right. And so, yes, they're going to sometimes reach for cookies, but ultimately it doesn't feel good to only eat cookies every single day. And it gets boring. We actually get used to it. And it's called habituation where we're like, I'm not really interested in that anymore. And we kind of lose interest with multiple exposures. That's why like leftovers after a couple of days just don't seem appealing. And so our bodies naturally also drive us to want maybe some carrots and some spinach or maybe like some chicken or some fish but then yeah sometimes we're also going to want cookies or we're going to want candy and that's totally okay
0: and how would you recommend getting into the mindset of mm-hmm. intuitive eating like what could you do let's say i listen to this podcast mm-hmm. tomorrow when i sit down for dinner
1: mm-hmm. how how could i Think about it in eating? Yeah, I think a lot of intuitive eating is about your intention, right? So, what's your intention in that moment? Is it to change my body, work against my genetics potentially, or is it to fuel myself? Paying attention to also how it makes you feel after, as well as, and that might be mood, that might be a sense of comfort, that might also just be like energy, that might be like sluggishness, or like maybe you have a sensitivity and your stomach doesn't feel good. Um, and then, really starting to just from a non judgmental, very curious place, ask yourself, why did I make that decision? What is going on? And so I think just starting to kind of explore those motivations is a great start. For me, it also
0: came down to eating a bit slower. Mm -hmm. I am known to scarf down a meal (laughs) and then I suddenly get hit by a truck with how full I am. Um, And that has been really helpful to just Mm -hmm. be more like present with my meal. Like I'm not just eating to eat. Like I'm trying Mm -hmm. to enjoy my food a little bit more, eat slower so that I feel my body getting fuller.
1: Yes. And mindfulness is a hundred percent, a big component of intuitive eating. It is that like, how does this make you feel? Do I feel great? Do I feel energized? Do I enjoy my food? Am I actually tasting it? Because I think that's another really interesting one is you might end up eating something and being like, wow, I thought I love this, but I actually am like, this doesn't taste good. I don't like this. I was just eating maybe for other reasons. Totally. Mm -hmm.
0: And this is a good transition into goal setting. The new year can create so much angst in those who want to make a change in
1: their life. How might someone set up a smart, sustainable goals? Yeah. So I always say start You know with a reflection right why am i wanting to do this what am i hoping to see what's going to be the benefit if i change this behavior i think with that being said it also really is important think about it as a behavior change not as like something else right so so weight loss is a really common one at the New year's but weight isn't really a behavior it's an outcome of a behavior sometimes same for like getting healthy and quote you know quote unquote getting healthy it's it's an outcome of our different health behaviors so what are maybe some behaviors you're interested in adding to your routine so maybe it's I really wish I ate more fruits and vegetables so setting a really specific goal and saying okay I'm gonna start off you know maybe my big long-term goal sure is to eat fruits and vegetables every day but I'm gonna start with three times a week dinner, a cup of vegetables, or like baby carrots throughout the week. Something really small and measurable um, to help us get started and move us forward with that goal setting. And then building off of that. I also I think personally I found that thinking about what we can add versus what we can take away just does give us that healthier mindset. And so instead of saying I'm never gonna eat you know a bag of like jalapeno chips ever again, (laughs) thinking, okay, I'm going to add in fruit as my snack three times a week, four times a week, something like that.
0: Most people know that they should eat healthy, but they don't think they have the time to make it happen. What are some suggestions that are easy to implement and to keep it going? Yeah. And
1: so I always, you know, don't worry about it being easy. Like just because something's easy doesn't mean it's bad or, or it's the wrong way to do it. Like I said, or like, right. So Gwen Paltrow like posts beautiful salads with these homemade dressings and these like giant, like, and the reality is most people don't have time for that. And so Don't be afraid to take shortcuts where needed. Um, So that might be frozen vegetables, that might be pre-cut vegetables, pre-washed vegetables. Um, Whole pieces of fruit are really great. So like bananas, pears, oranges, apples, things you don't have to cut up, you can just wash and go. Frozen things I think are all really good. And then just know everything you add in helps. And so don't feel like it has to be these big, giant, beautiful things. They're nice and they're great when you can squeeze them in, but make it easy on yourself. And then honor your preferences too. So if you're someone who really hates Brussels sprouts and it makes you gag don't eat brussels sprouts like eat something else it's fine it's not the end of the world (laughs) And if there was one thing you would like people to take with them into 2020, Mm -hmm. what would it be? Dropping that all or nothing mentality we talked about at the beginning of the podcast and being able to say, okay, healthy eating doesn't have to exist in a silo. We can really like listen to our bodies, listen to what it's telling us and honor any type of preference we're having. Um, And and that's like the one thing if I could just get everybody to eat like a two-year-old or like my five-year-old nephew who he like is great. He'll snack on vegetables, but then he'll also sometimes eat like I don't know, he'll eat chocolate milk six times a day. Whatever. It's fine. He's healthy. He's happy. Um, And so, like, learning to more eat, like, when we were kids again, I think is a great way.
0: And I have one last question before we go. It's a quick one, though. Okay. If you could invite three famous people to dinner, who would you have dinner
1: with? And, of course, we have to ask, what would you cook? Ooh. Okay. First question. Living or dead? Up to you. Okay. So, uh, Julia Childs is on my list for sure um if, if like anyone who's listening to this isn't that familiar with julie child it's just like go look her up on youtube she's amazing probably i've been really into michelle obama and then i think right now jonathan van ness would be my third from queer eye i think he'd be my third guest and based off of what I'm really liking to cook right now, i probably do, like, some kind of salmon with, like, crispy skin. And I made, I have this, like, lemon dressing thing I've been making for my salmon lately. And then probably, like, some roasted vegetables and, like, some really good, like, crusty bread, I think, on the side. Yum. That sounds good. I'm inviting thanks. myself. Yeah, you're welcome anytime. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thank you so much for talking with us,
0: Megan. Yeah, thanks, Mackenzie. Our advice? Keep the positive vibes going. Remember, change doesn't happen overnight. Success at anything is the result of time, practice, and the development of good habits. What habits will you pick up or change this year? Maybe you'll add a fruit to go with your dinner like Megan suggested, or maybe you'll attend a grocery store tour or cooking demo led by health promotion. Or maybe you'll cook more at home rather than going out to eat. Whatever your goal is, it's the small habits that will set the tone for your week, for your month, and ultimately for your year. So until next time, lumberjacks.